Hello and welcome to the Into Tell podcast, episode 3242. <laughs> <laughs> my, name, my name is Tab, the Time Machine Bets, and I'm hosting this week's podcast. I'm joined by Coral, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, Dunnocky, Ellis, Back to the Future, Taylor, and Yusuf, Quantum Leap, Deary. And ooh, we're ooh, coming ooh. to you... <laughs> 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 from the learning solutions team at Into Global. Say hi everyone. Hello. 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 <laughs> Great stuff. So let's crack open our copies of the complete works of HG Wells. Find your nearest phone box and call up Rufus. Warm up the flux capacitor and jump in your DeLorean. Get ready for some body swapping with Sam Beckett and his hologram sidekick, because in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the future of learning technology. <laughs> that was a round of applause, just in case no one could hear it. Love the excitement. Love the excitement. <laughs> so <clears throat> um, you could argue that the ultimate goal of education is to prepare students for the future. Um, and... I've got a couple of quotes here from, um, I think, someone who was a really um, amazing thinker about what education could be and a real visionary for the future of education. So Ken Robinson. So one of the things he said was, I believe our only hope for the future is to adopt a new conception of human ecology, one in which we start to reconstitute our concept of the richness of human capacity. So he kind of was trying to encourage us to see beyond what we think is currently possible. You know, what can humans really achieve? And he said that one of the essential problems for education is that most countries subject their schools to the fast food model of quality assurance when they should be adopting the Michelin model instead. So the future for education is not in standardizing, but in customizing, mm. not in prompting groupthink and de-individuation, but in cultivating the real depth and dynamism of human abilities of every sort. What do you think about that? Yes, 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 and more yes. <laughs> I think, yeah, one of the things that, I mean, probably anyone who's, who is working in learning technologies, but one of the things that I'm really passionate about is, is personalization and individ individualization individual yeah um and i think it's it's so so important for education and it's something we definitely don't do enough of particularly when you go through sort of primary and high school education because it's you know there's a curriculum everyone sticks to the same curriculum and i think that um you know i really love to see in the future a push towards um more personalization of education and I think that um, I've yeah. seen an increase in that over the last year because of the pandemic, because people are learning from home, learning at different times, have different things going on. I think there's a, a, a more of an appreciation of the fact that people are um, all different and that we're all human and that we all learn differently. Um, and obviously with people learning from home, they're all sort of doing different things as well. And there's a lot more... Um, learning through doing and learning through activity and um, I'm sure lots of parents have been tearing their hair out but they've also been teaching their children through like play and activity and I think that that to me is a quite interesting 
move and I would like to see more of that in a sort of traditional um, education setting. No, you're absolutely right there, Coral. And, and that move towards individuation, I think, is, is super powerful, mainly for two reasons. Number one, it's almost like the, the educational system that we have at the moment is a relic from the industrial age where the world that it was preparing its students for was to basically go work in factories. Whereas now there so back then almost like what the emphasis was placed on was your ability to be able to regurgitate information and follow orders whereas now the world that we're moving towards is much more based around your 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 ability to be an individual and also creative so that move towards individuation is very powerful and and it, it does remind me of one of my favorite einstein quotes if you can have a favorite einstein quotes is where he says everybody's a genius but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. And I love that simply because of the fact that I feel that's what a lot of us went through going through the school system, where some of the subjects in a way we were being taught weren't necessarily geared towards us as learners, but rather trying to get us to very generic, specific endpoints. Yeah, definitely. And and I think, you know, we've we've started talking about what the future of education could look like in terms of making it more tailored to individuals. But what tools could we use to make this happen? And, you know, how do you imagine that future might look? Mm, that's an interesting question. I think, um, I mean, I would I would really like to see more of a mix of um, using technologies in the classroom. So I know that lots of classrooms have kind of interactive whiteboards, things like that, but I would really like to see technology more built into curriculum and encouraging students to also use it um, to sort of personalise their learning. Um, and I'd also really love to see more of a move towards learning through activity and play, because I think that's a yeah. really interesting way to learn. And actually, um, and and actually a, a push towards more sort of community based learning. So learning as an actual group and collective learning from each other as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, obviously we have we have um, some training and also uh, a podcast episode about gamification. So if that's something that you're interested in, then do go ahead and, and listen to that. Um, but I think also, you know, we have a generation of people growing up who, you know, the statistics show there's a very large number of people who are who are interested in games in one form or another. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that if that's something that motivates people, then why not bring it into our learning? And I know, um, Ellis, you had something to say also about what Coral just mentioned. Yeah, I was just going to say, um sort of Coral's original point I, I I think the secondary point or the second point you made um not secondary about learning through play is absolutely right I think it's it's where a lot of um students are happy to learn they're comfortable in that environment but you said initially as well about bringing technology into the classroom and for me I think that's a really key point um I think we've seen some reports over the past few years that suggest there's a bit of a skill deficit between children or learners leaving education and coming into the workplace and, and the skills that they have to be able to do the, the role at hand, not from a role specific point of view, but from a technical point of view. Some of them are coming into the workplace not knowing how to use a computer, how to you know, write a professional email and um, using technology in the classroom might not 
answer all of those problems, but it bridges that gap in terms of familiarity with technology and might help make it a bit easier as well. Yeah, definitely. Because I I think, you know, increasingly we're moving into a world where you can't really operate unless you have certain requisite digital skills, Mm. you know, and if we want people to, if we want to prepare students for that future, we need to also upskill ourselves and we need to be constantly upskilling ourselves. That's the whole point. Um, Some people are worried that kind of robots are going to start replacing, (laughs) you know, um, us in our jobs. And and I know there's some examples of that really is happening. But in, in, in general, I would say that is not something that you need to worry about. The idea that a robot or an artificial intelligence will replace what you do. Mm. I think what you do need to worry about is, you know, the people who will be replaced are the people who don't work with the technology. So if you, if you're say a teacher, for example, and you're worried, oh, what if a a robot's going to take my job? A robot is not going to take your job. But another teacher who, who actually invests more in learning about how to use the technologies in the classroom, they might take your job. Mm. So that's why we need to keep upskilling ourselves in whatever profession you're in, in not only how you do your job, but also how you do it using the latest tools that are available and the best tools to enhance whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Mm. That's a really powerful point, Tab, because I think anybody who kind of has studied trends in technology and innovation has come across the the concept of creative destruction where what ends up happening when a new technology comes into play and is widely adopted it does have a tendency of being able to destroy the old regime and the old way of doing things but it doesn't leave a barren wasteland it allows for something new to be born and those who can master the new are always in a much better position and that's always just been the history of humanity if you think about it with new technology we, we have new ways of doing things otherwise we'd still be living like cavemen painting things on on cave walls rather than using ms teams to be able to 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 understand how how we can collaborate with each other and i think it's just that kind of extension of reality because even from a tool perspective i know you guys were talking about gamification but the area that i'm really excited about is uh, is extended reality and virtual reality in particular mm. and the, what, the way that offers us new ways to be able to learn, whether it might be something as simple as doing a field trip. So if we're studying about ancient Egypt, we can actually go to the pyramids in the VR world rather than having to jump on a plane. But also from an extensive, like I was reading recently about how some organizations in the States are using virtual reality, so the headsets, in order to put people into uh, the reality of a homeless person or the reality of somebody suffering from AIDS or somebody who's who's a cancer sufferer in order for them to be able to experience the day to day. Exactly. And using that as a means to be able to contribute to moral, um, moral education. So the concept of walk a mile in their shoes in the future we will literally be able to walk a mile in the shoes of anybody by having their first-hand experiences and i'm really excited for that what that's going to do in terms of making us more empathetic creatures yeah the, yeah exactly the power of that for for empathy and kind of mutual understanding yeah. is incredible isn't it yeah definitely i mean i think that's that's one key thing that you know i would emphasize is um kind of talking about what your point had that you know, robots are not going to come in and take your job. I actually think that technology is going to enhance the human aspect of mm. what we do. And because it's it's all about connectivity and connecting with each other. And I think exactly what you just said, Yusuf, that opportunity to be able to connect someone with the outside world or a particular group of people or um, p- 
pulling in that empathy and understanding, I think is just going to become a bigger part of what we do. Um, and technologies help us to do that um, because the human to human learning is still incredibly powerful and learning with other human beings, being with other humans is is really, really key to learning still. It's not all about the technology, but the technologies can absolutely help us enhance that process. And I think we're definitely moving towards um, a more open um, education. And I think that to me is quite interesting, the concept of um, having open education that anyone can access, sharing resources, um, sharing education, that is what I find really exciting because again it's about opening up those barriers um, and and really getting a different viewpoint um, from lots of different people in education. Mm, yeah, definitely. I mean, <clears throat> some some people might have heard of the Horizon Report, which is a report, it's, it's, um, it's produced by Educores and it's a report that comes out every every year and it kind of gives you an idea of what is on the horizon in terms of learning technology so what we can expect to become more and more important in education so that's a really good starting point I think if you want to know have a look at mm. what the future of learning might look like um, but we've already mentioned quite a few things on the list right so some of the things on the list include for, for, for this year's report include um, things like adaptive learning technologies AI and machine learning learning analytics the elevation of instructional design so kind of like instructional design and learning technology being more and more important in the field of education and being more and more recognized and then as Coral was talking about just now the open educational resources and as Yusuf was mentioning just a moment ago um, different kinds of mixed reality technology um, which is sometimes referred to as XR as a term to to kind of encompass augmented reality virtual reality mixed reality and, and also haptics so things to do with actually how your body interacts with um physical things in the world so almost like getting like a, a physical feedback from something which is in in the virtual world mm. yeah i think that's that's a really good place to start for people who are interested in finding out about the future of of technology and education i think that um even if you're someone who you know you're not a learning technologist you're a teacher you're an educator of some kind i would really advise you to just have a look at that report um, and it's not saying that you have to go away and adapt all these practices in your in your classroom of course you don't but it's just useful to know where the experts think things will be going because you can start to sort of preempt things you can you can think about what might work in your classroom and you can work with your own learning technologist if any of these particular areas interest you Mm -hmm. um, and I think another another really good report is the Innovating Pedagogy report by the Open University. Um, yeah. Again, it's a it's a one that comes out annually, and they also list things that they think will be important um, for the year ahead. Yeah, we talked about that in one of our previous podcasts, right? Because we were talking about hip hop based education. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I would love that hip hop based education. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the things in the list. But there are some other interesting ones like. Um, using chatbots in learning, um, using things like uh, corpus-based pedagogy. So a corpus is basically like a, a database on a computer where you can store loads and loads of language information. And then mm. you could use that. So for example, a database of, of teachers interacting with students. And then you could actually analyze all of that language in the database to find out which kind of interactions were the most effective for students learning. 
So that kind of thing, and that ties into the idea of learning analytics as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, one that really interested me from that report was the idea of student co-created teaching and learning. Mm. Um, and I think that's a really interesting area, one we don't have time to go really into. Maybe we could do a separate episode just on that. But Definitely. I, think, um, I do think there'll be more of a push for students um, working with teachers to co-create their materials. And it kind of fits into that open, the idea of open education pedagogy. But um, I'd be really interested to see that more in practice, because I think we've seen an increase in it over the last year. Um, students are finding really excellent resources online. They're sharing them with the rest of the class. They're, you know, working together because they're all at a distance and at home. Um, yeah. And I would, yeah, I think that's a really that will be a really interesting one to watch. Yeah, I mean, the students as creators movement is a huge thing in education at the moment. Mm -hmm. So I strongly recommend it. You know, if you if you look that up, there's there's loads of academic research on it. There's loads of people, you know, practicing it in their classrooms around the world. Um, I think it's it, in a way it's an extension of the idea of constructivism, right? The idea that mm. learning is not just something you give to somebody, but it's something that each person constructs in their own mind by reconfiguring the pieces of information they get from the world into a, their own kind of sculpture, which represents their knowledge of it. And, you know, if we're all supposed to be doing that, then surely for us to work together and to understand each other and empathise, as we talked about earlier, then we should be involving students as co-creators. And one like simple thing you could do to actually implement that in your, your own syllabus is you could actually create a collaborative document um, and you could actually create a collaborative reading list. So rather than the teacher saying, these are the books that you need to read for this course, you could say, well, here's a few as a starting point, go away and find some and let's add to this together. And we can we can actually collaborate on a reading list. Yeah, it's really empowering for them as well as as learners to feel they can take charge of their own learning and that their opinions matter and it's sort of also, you know, sometimes might have to justify something. So it teaches them a lot more than just the the collaboration side of things, but also some soft skills along the way. Yeah, definitely. Um Definitely. And I think another way to develop those kind of those those different skills and the digital skills for your students is also to use something like portfolio based assessment. So rather than doing kind of traditional assessments, you could do a portfolio based assessment where students could submit a digital portfolio that could include just about anything. Right. Like video, audio, you know, infographics, posters, um, you know, interviews, whatever. And that way you can just um, that's a good way to kind of help take your classroom into into the future without actually um, necessarily having to dictate it too much you kind of just give people more options in terms of how they can submit their work yeah exactly I think having options is absolutely key <laughs> um in any in any um, classroom but I think particularly when we're looking at these future thinking um options I think um another I think another thing you could do that's quite interesting is allow one student group to leave behind things for the next student group so whether that's um creating like you Great said like a, a joint reading list or an open kind of open textbook of some kind or um an activity i think that would be really interesting building on it year on year on year um and and seeing that sort of come together yeah almost like the way that wikipedia was built like you could you could yeah. do that in your own course 
Definitely. Okay, so I think that's just about all we have time for. But, um, you know, who knows what the future of learning will look like? You know, maybe there'll be flying cars. Maybe we'll be, <laughs> you know, connecting to our classrooms through some kind of, you know, virtual reality matrix. Um, or maybe it will be quite similar to what we're doing now, just with a few enhancements uh, like the ones that we've just been talking about. So thank you for coming on this time travel adventure with us. And we'll look <laughs> forward to seeing you in the next episode, regardless of whether that's in the past or in the future. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.